I have traveled to Israel so many times that I've lost track. I can't even count the number of times. Jonathan and I first traveled to Israel in 1981. Tel Aviv was polluted and possessed a very stinky bus station. We were mesmerized by the spiritual intensity of Jerusalem. We took the train from Tachanat HaRakhevet, the train station in Jerusalem. We snorkeled in Sharm el-Sheikh. We hiked in the Sinai Desert, which was still part of Israel, but soon to be traded to Egypt in exchange for peace. When we finished our junior semester abroad, the war with Lebanon broke out. We lived in Jerusalem for a year at the start of rabbinical seminary in 1983. I loved practicing my Hebrew at the local makolet, the local market by our apartment. The Jerusalem train stopped running and they boarded up the train station. At some point along the way, while I was busy being a full-time congregational rabbi, raising children, and taking care of a dying parent, I did not get to go to Israel for a long period of time. Eventually, my dad died, my kids got a bit older, and I resumed travel to Israel. I led congregational and teen trips, I attended rabbinical conferences, I traveled with a contingent of rabbis in a media company and went there for four days, three in Jerusalem, one in Ramallah, back home. It was crazy. I had never thought it possible to go to Ramallah, so it felt daring to go there. Once I was sipping tea in a Palestinian coffee shop owned by a Palestinian who'd grown up in Michigan, it turned out not to be such a big deal. It was important not only to see so many ordinary Palestinians with the same aspirations as you and me, but also to see how many matter-of-factly support two states because their business interests rely on cooperation and lack of Israeli occupation or Palestinian terrorism. A few months ago, a dear friend, Rabbi Angela Buchdahl, the senior rabbi of Central Synagogue in New York City, invited me to go on a funded women's clergy trip, rabbis and ministers, to, in her words, Israel and Palestine. I generally don't use the term Palestine to refer to the West Bank, since the Palestinians and Israelis themselves need to negotiate the terms and borders of two states living side by side with mutual independence and security. But a funded trip with all women rabbis and ministers? Count me in. Weeks after committing to the trip, I received the itinerary. The trip felt, to me, weighted toward Palestinian narrative. I pictured women ministers from liberal Christian denominations already predisposed to see this as a black and white issue with the evil colonialist-minded Jews ruling over and tormenting the innocent victimized Palestinians. 
I emailed in my suggestions, but the itinerary changed very little. I returned from that nine-day trip last month. As with every trip I have ever taken to Israel, it was magical and eye-opening. First of all, it was a new and thrilling experience traveling with all women clergy, with Jews and Christians, with powerful religious leaders. While it was true that a couple of the ministers came from churches that identify Israel as the aggressor and the Palestinians as the victims, some of the ministers simply never thought about the conflict before. In either case, this was, from my perspective, the better way for each group to experience hamatzav, the situation, which is what Israelis call it. Whereas on paper the trip looked one-sided, in reality, the itinerary was complex and messy, as it is and as it should be presented. One of the architects of the trip was Rabbi Jill Jacobs, head of Truah, an American Jewish human rights organization. Organizations like Truah are, that are willing to criticize Israeli government policies are often painted as anti-Israel. But it was clear in her opening talk that Rabbi Jacobs gave to the Christian clergy on our second day of the trip that she is a Zionist, deeply, deeply committed, not just to Israel's existence, but to its whole future. We spent time with a whole lot of ordinary people, including an Orthodox Jerusalemite who works to advance pluralism in Jerusalem, a Christian Arab who works for Israel's Ministry of Education, promoting staff training for better teaching in Israeli schools, a Holocaust scholar and teacher of Jewish poetry, the former female Arab mayor of Bethlehem, an Israeli soldier who exposes excesses of Israeli control on Palestinians that go above and beyond security measures, a nonviolent Palestinian activist, and an ultra-Orthodox Jewish woman who started an ultra-Orthodox caucus in the Labor, the government opposition party. Contrary to what we see on major news outlets and social media, there are more ordinary Jews and Arab individuals and organizations than most of us can imagine working for peace between two peoples. When we walked on this trip this past January past the old Jerusalem train station that is now a fun, vibrant gathering hub with trendy restaurants and shops, and I mentioned in passing, it was Friday night, we were walking home from Shabbat dinner, to the younger rabbis that I used to take the train from that station. They looked at me like I had just stepped out of the novel, The Exodus. Mm-hmm, really, seriously. I felt very old in that moment. But I feel fortunate to have seen with my own eyes some of the changes that have taken place in Israel since my first trip 37 years ago. This May, Israel will celebrate her 70th, first 70 years, 
spending time in Israel and in the West Bank, it is obvious that the Jewish people are not going anywhere. And the Palestinian people are not going anywhere. Some ordinary people remain committed to Israel's destruction. Some ordinary people remain committed to overlooking the excesses and messiness of the Israeli military occupation of Palestinian majorities. But many ordinary people, Jews and Arabs, Israelis, Palestinians, and Americans, work every day to build peace. There are hundreds of ways for each of us to be a builder of peace. And I'll mention just three. One, travel to Israel and visit the West Bank. Meet real Jewish Israelis and real Palestinians who work toward peace. Tour the Jewish and Palestinian parts of Hebron. Ask many questions and allow it to be messy and complicated. Two, look for groups like our own JCRC's Invest in Peace, Trua, or any other group that is simultaneously committed to the Jewish state of Israel and to the national aspirations of the Palestinian people. And three, this is so small, but after Shabbat, look for these one-minute Facebook videos called Nas Daily. Has anyone ever seen Nas Daily? Yeah. And go back and watch all of them. Nas is an ordinary Israeli Arab Harvard graduate. Okay, he's not so ordinary, but he is in our world, and the world needs to know about people like him. We are ordinary people. We have a choice. May we choose to be builders of peace. Can you hear Ratzon? So may it be God's will. We turn now to our Alenu prayer on page 282. We all stand together. Alenu le shapeach la don't ha kol Teit gidula le yutzer preishit Shelo asanu ki goyich haratot Velo samanu ki mishpechot ha-adama Shelo sam chelkenu kachem Vegoralenu kechokhamonam Alenu le shapeach la don't ha kol 